Hello, everybody. This is our community, our mission. This is Barry Feeker with the Topeka Rescue Mission on June 28th of 2022. This is podcast number 130. That's pretty That's pretty cool. Wow. Thank it's you really all for cool. listening and helping this. If you would like to help us move this podcast forward, you can go to your podcast uh, device there and you can go uh, subscribe, rate, or share. Those are three things you can do to help us to promote this out because a lot of people are saying, hey, we want to know more about the podcast. We want to know how to get it. That conversation's going around and we know that this has gone a lot in our region but it's also gone in many many different places so good morning Marianne Crable good morning Amanda Broyles good morning how are you guys good we're well yeah, good. it's 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 a beautiful day today. it is another beautiful day and uh, you know one of the things that uh, we've talked about a lot of things on on our community our mission and uh, one of the things we've been waiting to talk about <laughs> but we've had other things that have kind of gotten mm-hmm. in its way is this connectivity that the Topeka Rescue Mission mm-hmm. has to other rescue ministries in North America. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've referred to CityGate Network before. Um, it's an organization that has been in existence for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if I recall right, it started in New York. Um, Jerry McCulley, one of the first rescue mission founders, uh, came out of Sing Sing Prison, ended up on the streets, huh. uh, al- hopeless alcoholic, ended up starting the first rescue mission. Wow. So, you know, just a great story there. And today, uh, there has been so many developments. There are three, around 300 rescue ministries in North America, and this association we're a part of called the City Gate Network. We thought today it would be good to talk about a recent conference that both of you went to, yes. Miriam and Lamanda. Um, and there was a lot of presentations going on there, and, and a lot of those presentations were done by you, Lamanda, <laughs> as being one of the newest executive directors in the City Gate Network. But first of all, talk about from your perspective. I know that that was the second conference that you both mm-hmm. had went to. You went mm-hmm. to one in Baltimore. Um, over the years, it was very beneficial for me as the former executive director to go to those conferences and then be asked to uh, teach about what goes on in Topeka. Um, eventually, Topeka would be recognized for the different things that are going on here by this network of uh, 300 rescue ministries and more. And um, so uh, you've been to two, one in Baltimore, and this last one was in San Antonio earlier this month. Yes. And so talk about when you, when you arrived there. Uh, coming from Topeka, Kansas, going there, you know a little bit what it's going to be about because it's not your first one. What's it like to be around these people that are doing what we do in Topeka in various different ways in smaller communities, larger communities? You've got Los Angeles there. you got people San Antonio. You've got uh, Washington, D.C. You've got people in Canada. Mm-hmm. What's it like to, to walk into a room where there's, what, 1,200, 1,300 mm-hmm. people, whatever it was this year, to know that you're not alone? Mm-hmm. I would say the first word that comes to my mind is just exciting. <clears throat> Everybody there is um, just kind of smiling, checking into the hotels, and immediately you see networking. I mean, people are um, looking to see where are you from? Oh, making connections. Um, we've been on Zooms together for different trainings and things like that, and people are are trying to make those connections. And so there's just this sense of excitement as to what's to come. Um, where people are anticipating um, the worship, anticipating learning, um, and anticipating just really being with people who are like-minded, kind of facing some of the same challenges. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the other thing I would just add is the general sessions, and even the smaller sessions, but the general sessions in particular for me are just so Mm Christ-centered. You know, you know why we're there. You know, I mean, and it's not just about the who we're serving and that why we're there, mm-hmm. but just in terms of the people 
here, but that we really are serving Christ. And that because of that, we have this common connection as well in terms of where we draw our strength Mm -hmm. for the many, many challenges that are discussed during this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And what could be considered a little bit discouraging as we look to the future and some of the uncertainty of how will we be able to function? How many people will need us? Will we be able to serve anyone? What are all those challenges? In the midst of that, we still know who we belong to. Mary Merlamanda, how is this Christ focus at uh, a rescue mission like we have here in Topeka or CityGate different than what people might term organized religion? How is it? How is it different in regards to? Um, it's not a church. It's not a denomination. It's um, it's just a bunch of different people who have uh, experienced the reality of the saving grace of Christ in their lives, and they've come together. So, what's 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 that? How's that different? I'm not saying that the organized church is wrong, mm-hmm. but how is this different? One of the things that I would say is um, one of the speakers at the general session addressed all of us, and one of the first things he said was, there's a lot of you in here who might have different beliefs. And he said, but all of you are in here prepared and ready for God to put super in front of your natural, to make you Mm -hmm. supernatural. And that instantly got me engaged to the speaker, and what it was centered around is, we are all human. So we all have limitations, whether those limitations and weaknesses are um, biases, um, stigmas that we associate in our minds, um, unforgiveness, judgmental, those kinds of things. And we're, we're all capable of that because that's how we're made. I mean, we're human and, and we sin and we fail. Um, but there is a sense of when you are a believer— and you are focused on Christ and the relationship, not the religion and all the protocols that come with that. Um, that means you're focused on relationships, too. Um, and so you are really looking at people and wanting to give out the same level of forgiveness that you would hope would be extended to you or that same level of grace or mercy or love or just practical kindness. Um, and, and I would say that when you get us all in this room, there are so many things that we could disagree with because there's different denominations, there's different walks mm-hmm. of life, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But the one thing that's true is that we love Christ and Christ has told us to love others. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when you get in that room, people are so focused on how do we do that? And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily bringing people to a church, mm-hmm. but it's bringing the church, huh. the acts, yeah. the church characteristics to the people, and uh, and that was just a real deepening thought, emotion, um, conviction for myself that I took away from that general speaker. Yeah, I think you know we we um, in in our faiths we talk about the hands and feet of Christ, mm-hmm. and what rescue mission ministry work um, makes possible is for people inside organized religion, outside of organized religion, to come and be a part of the practicality of walking out the hands and feet and, and yet have that variety, that, that Heinz 57 you know, a view of how you should do this or how you should do that. But when we can come together around that commonality 
of following Christ to reach out and to love our neighbors ourselves and those that are most broken, most marginalized. There's there's just a unifying factor there yes. that mm-hmm. is just hard to describe unless sure. you're around it. And to love each other, right? Even if we do things in a different way and we may believe in different mm-hmm. different <clears throat> perspectives, yes. right? It's all about that with those of us in the business too. Sure. Sure. You know, it's about showing grace there too and not thinking that we have all the answers mm-hmm. as the Topeka Rescue Mission or that the large the lar- really large missions like LA or Seattle or any of those or the really tiny missions mm-hmm. don't have anything to offer us mm-hmm. right because we can always be learning because we're all really yeah. just the same yeah, we exactly. just we're, we're just coming from different experiences There's probably no greater competition than you'll see in a basketball game a football game a mm-hmm. baseball game between the army the navy right. the air force the marines mm-hmm. the coast guard you know they yes. all are like we're the best mm-hmm. yeah. somebody attacks our country they all come together yes. and move their operations together and so our attack in this regards on our nation is this issue of poverty and homelessness and trafficking and brokenness and hunger and on and on and on. And this army of people who are various different divisions (laughs) or different branches of the army of Christ uh, because of their different uh, understandings Mm -hmm. um, come together. Yes. And they say, we're going to, we're going to fight together. Yes. And, and what's been, uh, I think remarkable, Miriam, you attended um, a early on session with HUD. Yes. And this is our government coming to rescue ministry saying what? Yes. We want to work with you. Mm-hmm. How can we partner more effectively together? Mm-hmm. And it was. It was missions. It was continuum of care bodies. And it was HUD. Right? So it was people from very different perspectives yeah. in terms of why we do what we do. Government and faith here now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That found the commonality of what can we agree on? Yes. And now how do we move forward? Not yeah. what do we disagree on? Yeah. What do we agree on? And how do we build on that to be able to accomplish the goals that are the same, which was to serving those who are experiencing struggles beyond measure around housing, around becoming more self-sustaining, all of those things. So it was, to me, it was just very, very encouraging to have all of us in the same room. And it was definitely encouraging to have HUD really listening, Mm -hmm. really listening to what we were saying um, and valuing our opinion for all purpose, you know, just valuing what we were saying because we are seeing things, right? We're frontline people. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so even more so than the continuum of care body, right? Talk about what continuum is. So the continuum of care is actually the group within communities that comes together to really focus on um, getting people into housing, homelessness, all of those kinds of things. But it's multiple organizations. And having that body, that continuum of care group allows us then to get money from the federal government to try to address some of the issues, Mm -hmm. whether it's around support services for people that need housing, all of those different things. You have to have that body to be able to pull down the federal dollars. So Miriam, what, what, what is your understanding of HUD's concern about the issues that they came to CityGate around? Uh, How are they looking at the homeless picture now? Well, I think all of us, and, and, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time. You kind of can't be in the media at all without seeing it. It's the growing situation of people living Mm -hmm. in homelessness. It's people that are working living in homelessness. Mm -hmm. It's families and children living in homelessness. So what we have been doing 
is not necessarily at the level that's going to be able to effectively address mm-hmm. the current situation. So how do we do better? So I've heard, I've heard the, the arguments over the years that this is a role of government to tackle poverty, to take care of poverty. Um, and then I've heard it on the other side. No, it's the role of the church. Um, we're supposed to tackle poverty, take care of poverty. The government should have stayed out of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's happened with that argument? Well, I think, I, I, you know, I can't speak to what's happened to the argument, right? But what I can say is anytime we think that there is a single entity or body that can solve a problem as huge and increasing as the situation with homelessness, we are just doomed to fail. We as TRM can't think, okay, we're the homeless experts here. And so we can solve this problem. You can't. If you don't really bring all of the partners to the table that have an impact on this very, very complicated issue, right? It isn't just about finding a house. This is a very complicated issue. And if you don't have multiple people with multiple levels of expertise in different areas, the problem will never be resolved. The government can't solve this problem. No. Church can't solve the problem. No. Government mm-hmm. can't solve the problem. We need to realize that and say, how do we come together to address the problem? Maybe not solve, right? but address it in a more effective way than we have in the past. And that's what is encouraging to me is we see these entities coming together. We had a visit about three weeks ago now from the regional director of HUD. Yes. Um, that was subsequent to the meeting that you had in San Antonio. Um, and basically had a great conversation about some innovative ways that we can do things together. Right. And got a letter from him and basically said that in, in his opinion, in HUD's opinion, is that homelessness is one of America's greatest crises right. that we're facing right now. And the beauty of it is, sorry, Lamanda, were, de- no, were you're you trying to say something? Okay. Um, and the beauty of it is to me is they were very reassuring Mm-hmm. for organizations like the Rescue Mission mm-hmm. that are Christ-centered, that we do not have to compromise our values. Yeah. We do not have to give up the reason mm-hmm. that right. we do this. So, so, and we can so still the, work together. The issue isn't about your foundational values. The issue is what are you doing about your foundational values? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and so what, wherever you're coming from, whether you're a Christ follower or not a Christ follower, do you have an answer to bring to the table? And can you work together with others that right. want to bring an answer? Because... So I've always said that somebody's standing in the food line at the rescue mission to get a meal. They don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. They don't care if you're a Baptist or an atheist. Mm-hmm. What they care about is they're going to get something to eat right. because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's what we get a chance to do. We all have a reason for doing what we're doing, but we don't have to divide over those reasons if we're coming together to right. do the right thing. That was the theme, too, Barry, of um, CityGate Network's conference this year was um, bridges. And so the um, theme scripture was 1 Corinthians um, one ten, um, And I'm paraphrasing, but it just talks about let there be no divisions um, rather than be of uh, one mind and united in thought and purpose. And so that was really kind of the charge and the challenge that we were given was to really check our heart. Um, that um, just because we are um, a faith-based entity doesn't mean we have to always be fighting for what we're against. Um, And I took that away that Mm -hmm. we can be extremely gospel-centered and faith-based, and that is true to our foundation that we will never, ever break from. But we also need to have a mentality that when we're looking at whether it's a governmental agency or another partner, that we are looking at how can we complement each other. 
So not directly looking at what's not going to work, because sometimes I think Mm -hmm. we react in fear, Mm -hmm. feeling like that's how we protect um, our belief. And so we, you know, instantly go in that fear mode and Mm -hmm. and putting up challenges and obstacles. Um, But really, it doesn't have to be like that, that that we can have honest conversations and starting with those partnerships um, to say, hey, here's our non-negotiable, but here is what we can do. Here's what we're asking you to do to meet these needs. And that was really the theme of this whole conference. And and I loved that because um, I do think that it was a shift historically that we saw in San Antonio because there were more governmental agencies Mm -hmm. represented Mm -hmm. saying, hey, we're willing to listen um, and we're willing to also come at you with some more information in a non-threatening way. And I think we saw a lot of the homeless shelters, the ministries there that were even vendors and things like that willing and open to have conversation and dialogue instead of just saying, no, we've got this. And that was really the theme was, um, and, and one of the small sessions I was in, the gentleman asked us, is your ministry one that bridges um, solutions in your community? And I was proud to say I think TRM is, and, and mm-hmm. that's been under your leadership, Barry, and the team, um, where we are constantly looking at not just what people can do and agencies can do to help TRM, but I've been in several conversations with you where a lot of times you end the conversations by saying, what can TRM do to help? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a, a state of mind that I think we need to continue. But there were some ministries and stuff represented there that you could tell this was a whole new arena for them. <laughs> yes. Sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah. our heart is really to be a bridge for yeah. our Topeka community. Um, and that doesn't mean that we are going to compromise anything with our gospel-centered foundation, but we are looking at how we can team together to tackle a lot of concerns that our community is facing. The Christ that I understand was one who um, became a game changer mm-hmm. in regards to uh, how God is viewed, how he's represented. Um, religion uh, tends to, and it's not just religion, it's just people, tend to create rules and structures yes. and and policies in order to have control and to um, oftentimes uh, just protect themselves. Right. And so, um, you know, in Jesus's day, there would be people uh, of a certain religion who would see uh, somebody not of that religion walking across the street, and so they'd go to the other side of the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, no, we're going to go over there because that person may have a need mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, don't don't touch an unclean thing, don't touch a leper, whatever. And Jesus is embracing lepers, you know, and <laughs> putting his arms around them and healing them and, and loving them. And, and so... We, uh, if we see that aspect of Christ and we see the modern day, as they call it, the modern day leper, the people who've been forgotten, the people who people walk on the other side of the street, whether you're religious or not, because you're afraid, um, and embrace them. Um, mm-hmm. That's really the game changer. Right. And we get to do that. We get to represent that because that's the heart of God to do right. that. One lady, um, I can't think of her name was Joe. I can't remember. She spoke and um, was just a beautiful lady and wise um, and had a, just a fabulous accent. Miriam and I loved her. Mm-hmm. But one of the 
things that she said was, you know, if you think about Jesus, it's easy to love him. And she was talking about just his attributes and what he stood for and, and all of that. And she said, that's the easy part. Loving people's the hard part. Right. And everybody started cracking up. But let's really talk about that. I mean, that's an mm-hmm. elephant in the room. But you put a lot of people together with, with different opinions and mm-hmm. mindsets and attitudes and histories and gosh knows what else. Um, that's where it, it makes it hard. And that's why I think that that if you struggle um, a little bit with being more focused on religious principles that are not the practical, relational Christ relationship, then there's going to be problems. Because if we look at things from a human lens, it's hard. It's super hard. I've heard more than one pastor say, you know, I I love the father. I just have trouble with his kids. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pastor. Uh So um, I want to talk about uh, how this applies to Topeka Rescue Mission and our community. But what were some, before we get there, what were some other takeaways that you got in regards to this bigger network, it's called a network, City Gate Network, that you think that is important on a national level or an international level that you took away from that meeting? Well, I don't know that this is so much about the network other than the fact that we are all experiencing this. And this was one of our general sessions also where the gentleman was talking about mental health and the true crisis that there is. Mm -hmm. He is from Houston, and he gave a statistic for Houston that just shocked me, which was they only have one psychiatrist for every 8,500 people. Mm. Now, those are people that could pay, that have insurance, even though insurance is a whole other topic that he discussed. But when we think about that, you know, all of us were, again, on this common common, uh, ground that we were going okay, if this is a situation now, what do we do once again? You know, and so you can hear from different people. And I I think that's that feeling around CityGate and Mm -hmm. being a network that it's not just that we can get together once a year, but when we start seeing commonality, who can I reach out to in another Mm -hmm. community that might be doing it better? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it it expands our capacity Mm -hmm. because now really this whole network is our capacity. It's an idea incubator. Yes. You get around other ideas. There's people doing stuff that we never even dreamed of. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Uh, that they hear about Topeka and yeah, what's right. going on there. Well, Amanda, what were some of the bigger takeaways for you? Um, one thing that really stood out to me was I went to a, um, whatever the little sessions are, not the, not the general sessions, um, the breakout sessions. Yes. And um, it was on mobile partnerships, bringing services to people. And because of our mobile access partnership um, and what we're able to do with all of our our mobile trailers and the services that are happening, I wanted to um, go to that and kind of be a sponge and and hear that. And I loved the presenters. Um, They were, uh, I believe, outside the Dallas area, great, great people. Um, But I realized very quickly there was a room of I don't know, probably 30 or 40 people. And there were several that had a mobile shower or a mobile clinic. Um, but there there weren't any that had multiple mobile services. And so they had asked us, you know, if you have a mobile shower, raise your hand. If you have a mobile clinic, raise your hand. And I can't remember what the other one was. Well, my hand was the only one still raised. <laughs> and I was just like, yes, we have that. And yes, we have that. And, and that was from a humbled heart. It, it wasn't me bragging, but these 40, 35 to 40 people were blown away 
when I was describing our mobile access partnership mm-hmm. and how many trailers we had up. And, and then the next thing I know, they're like, well, what does that look like? How are you finding parking mm-hmm. lots big enough? And, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. How did you get through challenges, MOUs, whatever? There were just lots of questions. And so I was looking at that and thinking, nationally, we are seeing the need to bring services to people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, on one hand, we say, oh, transportation's an issue. Yet, we're not really providing a lot of mobile mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know the barriers. Mm-hmm. But now I think nationally, we're seeing a lot of places saying, okay, if we know there are barriers of trust, PTSD, transportation, all of that, then let's go and make sure that services are more readily available. So nationally, I think we're starting to see that pivot of, okay, how are we going to get funding for these mobile trailers? How are we going to do this? Our part, as far as TRM in it, we are so blessed to have the partnerships and the mindsets and just that, hey, we're not going to really argue about these little things that don't really matter when it comes to taking care of people. Mm -hmm. And we're going to all bring in what we can do. And that's going to be our focus. So I don't know what that looks like moving forward. But I do feel in my heart that there's almost a sense of a revival starting here in Topeka, that other communities are going to be looking at us saying, what we're doing is great, but we can do it better. And we're going to use Topeka as the model. Well, that whole uh, idea of building a bridge, um, partnerships Mm -hmm. coming together, HUD being there. I mean, there's something happening now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, I haven't seen it over the years, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, outside of Topeka. I've seen it gradually grow here and it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, unless you have good, positive, healthy relationships mm-hmm. with the people you're working with. Mm-hmm. So in our mobile access partnership, we have a great relationship between the rescue mission and uh, our mental health services here yes. with Vallejo. Great rep- uh, um, relationship with the police department, with a regional hospital, with a county health department. Um, who am I forgetting here? Um, Kansas State University, the vet. a veteran mm-hmm. program, and a veteran a vet, a vet here in, in Topeka. Uh, veterinarian in Topeka who brings people out. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. And some incredible volunteers, many from churches, who are helping us do this. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Topeka Rescue Mission is just doing this. Right. It is a partnership right. that we are a part of, and we're doing our part. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you, something that Joe said, the the woman that uh, Lamanda referred to um, earlier, was that when you're building bridges, both sides are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And yeah. so... The question she posed to us and what I would say the challenge she posed to us is, are we humble enough to both give Mm. and receive Mm -hmm. grace, Mm -hmm. right? So are we working both directions? Because if you're only building a bridge one way, it's really about the bridge meeting in the middle That's right. um, so that it's completely strong. And it's really hard work. You ever ever been to St. Louis Arch? Mm -hmm. I have not. Yeah, you got to go sometime. Have you ever seen the documentary, How It Was Built? Yes, I mean, and they were concerned as they were bringing up both sides at the same uh, time. They're going to miss. Is it going to work? <laughs> yeah. Would it meet? Huh? And, and they had to make adjustment, adjustment, adjustment in yeah. order to get that thing to connect. Otherwise, that would have been a big waste of effort. And I think that's a lot of times what's happened. Yeah. This group over here does it their way. This group does it their uh, way. Yeah. And when we try to make a connection, we miss. Right. We spend a lot of resources in doing such. Um, I don't know all the details, but many, many years ago when they were putting a... Uh, uh, call Indian on top of our capital. Uh-huh. Um, I took my youngest daughter there to see that big old crane lower that thing down, and mm. it's a, you know, they had to reinforce the dome and everything, and we're we're excited, and then all of a sudden it came back up in the air, and they set it back out on the ground. Uh-huh. What happened? They didn't create the bolts to line up correctly with oh. the base of the statue. 
Huh. And, you know, you can plan and plan and plan, but if you yes. miss it just a little bit and you don't work together, and, and yes. I don't know what all the situation there was, but it costs more money, it costs more time. Finally, they got the statue up there, which has been up there and stayed up there for many, many years now, but they had to figure a way to come together. Yeah. And we do too. Well, absolutely. And what Lamanda is saying with this relationship, and you're talking about relationship, it makes me think, because if we don't do that, we end up with a bridge to nowhere. That's right. Right? We end up with a bridge that we're building, yeah. and we're not headed towards somebody that's interested in partnering right. partnering with us for whatever reason. Maybe we didn't ask. Maybe we didn't really come at this as a partner, but as we need you. And so here, we're coming to you. Yeah. But if it's not true bu- bridge building... It'll go nowhere. It'll, go it'll, nowhere. it'll stall. And then our problem will not be resolved because the people who need to get to the other side of a thing, like homelessness, addiction, mental illness, whatever the case might be, are never going to get there until we work together right. to build those bridges. And what we're seeing with MAP and so many other things that are going on is that we're seeing people for the first time who are in the situation that they're in be able to get to the other side. Right. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Lamanda, what else? Uh, or Miriam, what else did you take away? Um, I, I'm not sure this is national impact, um, but it was on me. They were talking about um, characteristics of leadership. And so this one was centered on um, just what names mean and attributes. And and so I took a lot of notes on that. Um, but the speaker quickly then um, spun it to... Um, a focus of Barnabas and the characteristics of Barnabas and how Barnabas lived and, and all of these things. Um, And so I took a lot of notes, but then literally the speaker almost stopped abruptly um, the speech with saying, um, and I want us to be reminded that without Barnabas, Barnabas, there would be no Paul. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess I haven't been able to like articulate it and put it into words. But the way I took that is regardless if you are in a leadership position right now for two months, like myself, or if you were in the position for 36 years, like Barry, um, the life that you're living matters. People are watching. People are watching. Um, not, not that you just have to be a yes person, but people are watching. Are you that person that is a peacemaker? Are you that person who? Yes, you might be innovative, which is a great characteristics, but are characteristic, but are you doing it with the humble spirit mm-hmm. and those kinds of things? And so I just took that internally being so grateful for your leadership that I have followed um, and that there are so many principles that are so set and ingrained in TRM and, and it's honoring for me to continue that um, impeccable character um, to, to lead here and to lead well. Um, but then it also reminded me to look around our community and who are these next sets of leaders? Like, mm-hmm. who am I networking with? Who am I caring for? Um, you know, have I sent that text of encouragement to so-and-so because I knew something happened in their agency or or those kinds of things? And so, you know, if you're listening and, and you're a leader, regardless of how long you've led, you know, just a reminder that um, the legacy that you're leaving is is happening every day and, and people are watching and, and we want our community to be positively impacted because of our characteristics. And just tagging on to that, too. And I think the thing that I recognize every single day here is that we have so many leaders that have no title that would indicate their mm. leadership mm. and that leadership 
isn't just the people who have that title. Mm-hmm. You know, our leadership really is those folks that exhibit the right characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we have so many of those um, that, that show us every day how they're leading. Right. Um, and, and so I would just add on to what Lamanda said for the folks listening out there. Just know you can be in leadership mm-hmm. without ever a having title. a title mm-hmm. uh, that would indicate that you are a leader. You just are that because of who you are yeah. and your character and your willingness um, to lead. And we sure are blessed to be able to get to see that in action and see that. those people. Mm-hmm. And, and some, sometimes those leaders that are contributing are actually homeless mm-hmm. right yes. now. Yes. Not formerly homeless that have broken through that cycle, but they're right. actually homeless today. And um, and it's helped all of, all of us to understand that God can use anybody anywhere if they're willing. Well, Amanda, you, and speak, speaking of leadership, uh, you have um, early on, as uh, even before you were executive director here at Topeka Rescue Mission, been invited into CityGate leadership. Mm-hmm. That's in a, on a national, international level. Talk just a little bit about what they've uh, invited you to do and what you're doing to help out not only Topeka Rescue Mission, but other rescue ministries. Sure. One of the things that CityGate Network uh, blessed me with was an opportunity to co-lead Um, with two of my other counterparts, um, one from Virginia, one from Milwaukee, um, Matt and Jordan. They are dear friends of mine now that I just met um, last year, and I feel like we've been friends our whole lives. Um, But we were able to lead the orientation. And so that was pretty remarkable um, because we're still new ourselves, especially Jordan and I, and learning um, aspects about CityGate Network and the history. Uh, But they let us three um, lead the event orientation for anybody who was a first comer to one of the conferences. And um, that was just neat to be able to see people exactly where I sat um, almost a year ago, you mm-hmm. know, when I attended my first one. Um, but that was really neat. So we explained a lot of San Antonio. We explained what the event was, um, helpful tips. Um, and one of the things that uh, we discussed was really be in the present. Um, you know, As much as you can, don't involve your phone. As much as you can, that person that you sit next to in worship, look them in their eyes, figure out where they're from, what their position is, those kinds of things. And so the the helpful tips were not just... Where the bathroom is, you know, mm-hmm. although we that was on our slide too. Um, but it was really like, how can you maximize this time so that the resources that you've spent to get here um, and, and your time is really going to be invested so that you in turn take whatever you've learned and apply it to bless your ministry. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the capacities and, and that was neat. Uh, to me, that just showed that they, they trusted myself and, and Jordan and Matt to be in front of 200 so Jordan, something people. Jordan Matt are from where? Uh, Matt is the one that's from Milwaukee mm-hmm. and Jordan is from Virginia. Cool. Um, yeah. And you know, I would say Lamanda's maybe missing one of the things that I think they infused into that room. I was not in there. I just heard them practice because um, <laughs> there were 250 people in there. I couldn't have fit uh-huh. if I wanted to. So it's the joy, right? Because both particularly LaManda and Jordan, uh-huh. this was not about, okay, we're going to share information and we're going to educate these people and they're going to know. No. <laughs> they wanted folks to have fun yeah. and be able to know that we deal with serious things every single day, but we have joy and mm-hmm. we're going to express that and we're going to have fun and you're going to learn some stuff too. Yeah. But I think when I was listening to them and I could be uh-huh. wrong, but as I listened to them practice, um, my heart was just filled with the fact that this is about 
silliness and joy mm-hmm. and really helping people embrace the fact that we deal with serious issues every single day yeah. and we need to find our joy. Somehow Jordan fit his cowboy hat in his suitcase. And so he had a cowboy hat on and then he and I wore, you know, matching handkerchiefs and all all that kind of stuff. It, it we gave a out a giant sad. eraser <laughs> saying everything was bigger in Texas. You know, it was just a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. you're right, Miriam. So that well, was one piece. So what you experienced is that um, you're not alone. Right. We're not alone in this uh, great work that God has orchestrated during this particular time in the history of, of, of mankind. Um, and a lot of people feel alone. Our homeless feel alone. There are volunteers who feel alone sometimes until they network here and they become a part of this. I can tell you um, 36 years ago when I came to the rescue mission, I felt alone. Mm-hmm. And I stayed alone for quite a while. And my closest friends were the folks on the streets. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't too many people helping out. And to see how this has built over the years. And I remember the first time I went to a rescue mission conference, I go, oh, I'm not the only one doing this. And to see where it is today. Yeah. And now to see the government and the private sector and the nonprofits and what we see here in Topeka and what we're seeing on a national level. It gives me hope. It gives us all hope. Sure. And more importantly, it ought to be giving the hope to the people who are in desperate need right now. The needs are great. The needs are looking like they're going to become greater before they get ungreater. Uh, <laughs> um, economically, the cost of living, groceries, food access, price of gasoline, um, and the list goes on, right. are creating an opportunity out of need for us to come together and to do what we've been seeing happen here in Topeka. Before we close today, um, we've talked about how you guys contributed and what you learned out there. What did you take away from the CityGate Network in San Antonio that you think has changed or going to help Topeka Rescue Mission going forward? Two things instantly pop in my mind. And we mind. never rehearsed these questions. So Why no, we didn't? <laughs> you hear a little pause. That's what it's always about. <laughs> Some of it, too, is that our coffee hasn't kicked in. Um, <laughs> one would be programming. Um, you know, we kind of shut down some of our programming happening in the shelter so that we could be respectful and follow guidelines uh, due to social distancing and other right. things because of COVID. And so we still want to provide safety and, and still do those kinds of things. But then it is time to say, OK, what are going to be some options? Um, and it's not as easy as just saying we're going to implement this class. Um, it's really looking at our guests and what that looks like compared pre-COVID and maybe even in the last five to 10 years, um, what we feel like the demographics and clientele is going to look like moving forward so that we are really making informed decisions here on what are our shelters going to do and not do um, and making sure that we communicate that well. So um, there was a lot of talk at the conference about programming. Um, I was hearing people all over, even just talking in the hallways. Are you guys still doing such and such? Have y'all canceled that? Have mm-hmm. you, re- you know, rechanged mm-hmm. this and those kinds of things? Um, so I would say programming is is one. And um, Christian and Misty and our directors, like they're already in communication of what is this going to look like. And then the other thing that I was um, thinking about was last year, Miriam and I brought back the general sessions and we listened to a couple of those as senior directors. Mm -hmm. Now we have a little bit different system with our deputy directors, but there's probably, I would say two to three out of the four or five that Miriam and I 
we're really just all in on. And I think that we need to, in turn, allow deputies to listen to that as well, kind of like a a little devotion or a study where we would listen to it and then say, how does this apply? Um, And see how God uses that, because God may touch their hearts in a different way than Miriam and I's. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes when Miriam and I listen to it again, we had a whole new revelation. Right. We hear and, different things. Yes. And God just works that out. So those would be two things. I, w- I really think we're going to see some changes in programming that God's just going to lead us to what are new changes needing to come to TRM. And I would say also doing the general sessions to study together as leaders so that whatever God is forming in our hearts will then, um, you know, dissipate to everyone in the ministry. I, I agree with both of the things that Lamanda said. And maybe one more that I would add is that whatever we do, that everything we do be held with open hands Mm -hmm. and that we be incredibly flexible and adaptable and malleable Mm -hmm. um, to try things and not do them well and then course correct. But that we not be so stuck in how we've done things that we hold it so tightly, Mm -hmm. almost as if it were COVID kind of helped with that. COVID helped with that a lot. (laughs) And and I don't want to go back to not doing that, to just holding everything Mm -mm. with open hands and trying new things and, um, finding what works yeah. well in our community. Lamanda Merriam, thank you for taking time to go to San Antonio, taking Christian String Fellow, our director of shelter services with you, yes. and uh, for investing your time, which you could have been here because there's plenty to do here, yes. but you <laughs> contributed there. You brought back things here. And uh, thank you uh, who are listening, who helped support the Topeka Rescue Mission because yes. you made it possible for our some of our team members to go and to learn and to network and to build bridges so that we could build even bigger bridges here. And so we're not alone uh, in this. Um, Topeka is in a, an incredible place to be able to network with others, not just to learn, but to contribute. And we're doing a lot of that, which in the long run helps everybody even way beyond uh, who we can see and touch and feel and experience right here in our own community. If you'd like more information about the Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to trmonline.org. That's trmonline.org. If you like the podcast, you can uh, press subscribe, rate, and share uh, on your podcast uh, device and your app. And we appreciate you helping us to arrive at podcast number 130. Uh, Listen to us next week for 131 to our community, our mission.